Humble yourself before your mother. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your mother. You've got to know what she knows, and we can lift each other up. Higher and higher we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, humble yourself before your sister. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your sister. You've got to know what she knows, and we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Humble yourself before your daughter. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your daughter. You've got to know what she knows, and we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Humble yourself before your family. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your family. You've got to know what they know, and we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Humble yourself before the ancestors. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before the ancestors. We've got to know what they know. Yes, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Humble yourself before your community. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your community. We've got to know what we know. Yes, we. Can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Can lift each other up. Let's lift each other up.
Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar, and before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to invite you to an event that I and almost 30 other, I think it's 28 now, other um, wonderful womb centered healing practitioners are co creating. It's called the Embodied Shakti Summit. So this is happening in April of 2019. It is happening from April 5th through April 19th. It is a free online summit. Um, And I invite you to sign up and check it out. If you enjoy the interviews that I host here on on the podcast, you'll definitely enjoy this summit. It's about embodied Shakti. Uh, we're all talking about what embodied Shakti means to us, people, women from, uh, and some, and one man, I think, <laughs> we interview, I interviewed, on the practice of bringing our Shakti energy into full embodiment, full awakening. And that Shakti energy is the feminine creative life force energy, and it's called different names. Uh, it's the divine energy that we can embody through whatever spiritual practices, somatic practices, embodiment practices that we discover and and develop for ourselves. Um, The speakers uh, are talking about this from all different perspectives from all around the world, from a variety of different spiritual traditions, from Islam to Christianity to yoga to um, to various African spiritual traditions, um, comedic yoga and other traditions. And it's a really diverse group of people. So join us for the Embodied Shakti Summit. You can check out the lineup of speakers on the sign-up page at embodiedshaktisummit.com. So join us and we'll see you there. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar and I have Davon here with me. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Davon is a postpartum doula, right? Are you also a birth doula? Also a birth doula. Mm-hmm. And you do placenta encapsulation? Yes. And I'm so excited to talk with you about this. As listeners may have noticed, I get very excited about talking about doula work as I'm a trained doula and have some experience with that. And I'm loving uh, learning about um, the the path and the journey of these other doulas that I'm interviewing. So thank you so much, Davon, for joining us. I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit more, share about your work, possibly share about how you got into this line of work, what what personal events might have happened or um, experiences that you might have had that that motivated you that to recognize this calling because many doulas really do feel it's a calling and given the name of your business divine birthright that sounds like there's a calling involved in this work for you and and I would love to hear about that okay so um, my name is Davon Crawford. Um, my website is www.divinebirthright.com. Um, I'm a birth and postpartum doula. Uh, like you mentioned, I also encapsulate placentas. 
Um, I do the heated version and the raw um, version of that. Um, been trained, certified um, in both birth and postpartum, as well as placenta encapsulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing this work for about a year and a half um, and just kind of... And you'll hear too, some doula say they just kind of fell into this work. Mm -hmm. Um, I am myself a mother of four. Um, I have a 14-year-old, seven, six, and four years old. Wow. Yes. I personally experienced um, different births with each one of their deliveries. Mm -hmm. Um, So with my last birth, I'll say, um, is really what kind of empowered me Uh, to kind of take this journey of like self-discovery. I kind of found my power um, through her birth, um, that kind of that goddess energy or that lioness energy really came out in her birth. Uh, Mm. She, I achieved her birth um, all natural, uh, pretty much could have probably delivered her at home, (laughs) but I decided to deliver at the hospital. Um, So just after her birth, I just really felt empowered Um, and I wanted to help other women achieve births that, you know, they envision for themselves. Like Mm -hmm. I did, Mm -hmm. um, I've actually volunteered, uh, a lot throughout this journey, um, with birthways in Berkeley is kind of where I started after certification, uh, well, during my certification, um, so I work with Birthways. I'm now working with Roots of Labor Birth Collective. They're mm-hmm. all kind of area based. Um, and I've, I've volunteered basically. Um, and just now kind of like I pretty much dived head first into, uh, you know, my work. After I volunteered, I've just been, you know, by word of mouth, getting lots more clientele in the Bay Area. Um, I'm based out of Vallejo. Um, but mostly serve um, the East Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And this uh, is in California for those listeners California. around the world. We're talking about the San Francisco Bay Area. Vallejo yeah. is sort of in the outskirts of the San Francisco Bay Area. That's where you yeah. live is Vallejo. That's where I live. Vallejo, Vallejo California. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I do get clientele through Vallejo, but um, also just throughout the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Um, so what are, what are, do you, do you work through a number of hospitals or do you do mostly home birth or both? Um, so I'm really interested in getting more into the home birth realm, uh, but mostly I've only served um, hospital births. Okay. And mainly that's been like the Kaiser hospitals um, and Sutter. I've done a lot of Sutter's. Um, basically, um, Kaiser and Sutter. And do you do, do you do any, um, birth preparation education? Like, do you do teach any courses at the hospitals for groups and then you end up having them as clients or do you, um, just do education with your clients in your prenatal meetings? So, um, it's something that I really would like to get into working more closely with the hospitals. Um, and I noticed too, um, Kaisers, they have kind of a, um, what are they calling it, like a centering program where um, clients or uh, patients will get access, will have access to an OB and a midwife, and they kind of meet the nursing staff, get a lot of questions answered, um, and it's like a lot more time spent um, in those centering programs 
um, I've noticed that they want to start implementing doulas as well. Oh, um, so great. That's kind of a goal for me is to kind of work my way into that. Um, but as far as like childbirth education, I have gone through a um, child a childbirth education training course um, through Lamaze. Um, I didn't get certified, but I definitely implement um, teachings um, and education courses, like mini courses throughout my prenatals. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yes. yes. And then um, you're also a trained postpartum doula. And, and when do you, because, and, and postpartum doula care is, is not something in, in my experience that most women even know exists or that they might need. And yet the more and more I learn about it, the more I realize that postpartum doula care is the solution to all our ailments as human <laughs> beings, <laughs> right? Yes, and, and, yes, so, and so I wonder how you and when you educate your clients about that and how, you know, because it's a little bit in the today's day and age with business practices being the way that they are and people just pushing their product and service, whether or not the person needs it. The truth is a postpartum doula has a legitimate claim that everyone needs this and right. could definitely be seen as, oh, she's just trying to get more money from me. So I'm <laughs> me this unnecessary. My mom didn't have a postpartum doula and my sister didn't have a postpartum doula and look at her, she's fine. So mm -hmm. how do you, how do you um, educate people in that direction of recognizing the importance of postpartum doula? Mm -hmm. So basically, um, I have a lot of information on my website, um, kind of spelling out the importance of um, a birth doula and also a postpartum doula. Mm -hmm. I kind of offer um, how I can support families in that way. So that's one way they can kind of go to the website and find out. Um, but also, I, I speak of it in my prenatal visits. Mm -hmm. um, so whether it's um, in our initial meeting or during like our first um, session together, I, I go, I pretty much take my clients on a journey through what early labor looks like, active labor, uh, transition into birth, and then I take them into postpartum and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So directly after they deliver their babies and once they get home. Mm -hmm. um, that's a whole, a whole other part of birth that is not really discussed. Mm -hmm. You know, you have, um, you have somewhat of a support team in the hospital, you know, with the hospital staff, but you know, from my experience, you're pretty much, um, if you don't have a doula or a really, you know, a supportive person, like a really supportive partner or family member, you're kind of just like stuck, uh, you know, after you deliver the baby, you're not really knowing what to expect. Um, so I, I definitely go over that in, um, postpart or prenatal appointment, sorry, and explain the importance of it. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, just like labor, it's unexpected, you know, postpartum, you, you don't know what to expect once your baby is here. Yeah. So definitely go into the importance of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and so did you have a postpartum doula to help you out in, with your four babies? I absolutely did not. And so that's why I'm really passionate about the importance of it. Mm -hmm. um, I personally, um, I, I, as you can tell by the ages, I had um, three of my girls really close together. 
And just looking back at my journey, I could have totally used, you know, an extra set of hands. Mm-hmm. And that's what a postpartum doula does. They come in and they're, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> they come in and they're that extra set of hands um, mm-hmm. for mothers, partners, um, and, and the baby, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't really have a clue, you know, the importance of a postpartum doula. But now I am, that I am one, definitely, you know. Mm-hmm love to reiterate the importance of it and most first-time mothers don't know you know how important it is so definitely I imagine in your training there were some big aha moments like oh my goodness no wonder I felt that way or why didn't I think that I needed this or could have had this or you know are you planning on having more children or maybe not. And now you're just helping other women. So what were some of those aha moments when you were learning about postpartum doula and what, what you learned about? So, um, am I planning to have another one? Not at this moment. I am open to having more children. I love children. It's like my calling pretty much. Um, Mm. and so, (laughs) yes, I'm really good at birthing children. Ah. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm, I'm actually a really good coach when it comes to that, uh, uh-huh. you know, but um, as far as, um, can you re- remember, remind me what the question was? Yeah, when, when you were studying postpartum yes. doula, you must have had some aha moments about your own personal experience from what you learned in the course. And I'm curious what those are and how they're in- informing you going forward. Okay, so as far as like what I learned in the training courses, yeah. those aha moments, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I learned a lot (laughs) throughout, you know, my training. Um, but just seeing how I'm able to subtly support the mother and it's really small things, you know, Mm -hmm. and those small things add up to a really beautiful picture at the end. Mm -hmm. Just understanding that each mother needs something different. Mm -hmm. Um, those were kind of the aha moments for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of took me back to my own experiences throughout the training, knowing that if I just had maybe someone to talk to, to, um, you know, go over my birth story, mm-hmm. kind of releasing those fears or maybe the disappointing moments, um, just like the struggle with having all of my girls really close in age and like just, you know, emotionally, that emotional support. That was an aha moment for me, mm-hmm. just understanding how important that is just to review, you know, the the birth journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that um, it's really healing for mothers to just process that. And that's what I like to do with my clients during their first postpartum mm-hmm. um, appointment. Have, yeah. And so have you gone back for yourself to say, oh, maybe I could do this retroactively and said, let me go find someone I can talk to about each of my birth experiences and the struggles I had during that time or mm-hmm. found other ways that you could do, give that kind of care to yourself even after the fact. Absolutely. Um, and the main thing that's been helping me as of lately is writing. Uh-huh. Um, yes, and speaking my truth. So, um, with lots of like affirmations and kind of like chants that I create myself. Um, and like I said, writing, it's really, it's really been healing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and just experiencing 
other people's births mm-hmm. um, kind of takes me back and helps me to process my own yeah. because I feel like it's really powerful when I'm there at a birth. It's almost like the client is like a reflection back to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, there's an exchange there mm-hmm. and I, you know, I see her power and it, it almost, you know, gives back my power. Some mm-hmm. of the power that I may have lost mm-hmm. during my own, you know, birth experiences. So oh, beautiful. So in your yeah. process of helping her to retain her power, it's almost like you're reclaiming whatever power you lost in circumstances that, that yeah. happened. Wow. Absolutely. That's beautiful. I can totally yeah. see that. I know for myself, um, in my work and not necessarily my, my work as a massage therapist, but I know I support my husband with this because in his work, he's having a similar experience where he's supporting people through, um, through circumstances and healing processes in their life that are very near and dear to his own personal process that he didn't have the kind of support that he's able to give now. Yes. He had different support, but you know, then we design what we wish we could have had uh-huh. and offer that to others. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess it is the same for me with my massage therapy work is that I'm always giving the massage. I wish someone would give to me. Mm, yes. <laughs> but, but then the question is for, for us practitioners that are, you know, really pe- seeing what's missing in, in what was offered to us and what was available to us in our growth and life experience, seeing what's missing and then becoming the medicine that we needed mm-hmm. by, because we gave ourselves that we created, we alchemized that medicine out of thin air oftentimes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like, what would feel good if this was me? And then we're giving that, but my question is, is how can we give that to ourselves? So what I hear, you know, to give ourselves the medicine that we're creating, because we may still be really hungry for that medicine, right? We may have found it, but, but I, and, and so my practice is I'm, I'm looking to find practitioners that are doing close enough to the medicine that I want that, Mm -hmm. and then that are also open to me saying, so I find massage therapists every once in a while that are willing to massage me and let me instruct them about what I want them to do Mm -hmm. or um, other kinds of therapists that, you know, I've sort of come up with ways that I would want to be held in say my my womb centered healing work or my, my um, psychological, emotional, uh, spiritual health. Mm -hmm. we have to create new ways. And, and this brings us to the divine birthright because a lot of the traditions that we've come from are, are lacking in, in addressing certain needs, especially around motherhood, especially mm-hmm. around being women. You know, a lot of the religious traditions that we grew up with um, were completely neglectful, if not abusive of the feminine and women. And so as we become women, there's not much to draw on in many of the spiritual, you know, the religious traditions and spiritual support traditions that we have, you know, that, that part is sort of ignored in, mm-hmm. at best and oftentimes outwardly shamed, outright shamed uh, as sinful, you know, the whole thing. And so, so you're, the name of your um, business 
very much is spiritual in nature. And so I'm really curious, you know, this divine birthright, what that means to you and how that spirituality comes into play in your work. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm hearing an echo. Is everything clear on your end? Yes. All right. So um, I pretty much, I don't know that I just kind of pulled the name from, you know, out of the ethers, but that's almost what it feels like. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I had been kind of on a journey with my last birth, um, on a journey of like self-discovery, learning, kind of learning my history, learning my ancestry. And um, yeah, I think I just kind of pulled the name out of the ethers, you mm. know, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what divine birthright means to me is that, um, you know, women can have whatever birth that they desire for themselves and it's your divine right to do so. Yeah. You know, like we live in a society now where, you know, we're given choices, you know, and a lot of things are pulled away from us or, you know, a lot of people's opinions are put on us. Um, and I just believe in um, going back to that innate knowledge within mm. oneself um, and drawing on that. Uh, I believe that every woman is, you know, given that knowledge, that wisdom internally, like our bodies are designed to birth babies. Mm -hmm. And when we tune into that knowledge, that's when the magic happens. Mm -hmm. So I believe that we're all, you know, um, we're all supposed to have you know that connection um and it it's been stripped away from us honestly mm -hmm. you know, throughout time like you said with religion and things like that mm -hmm. uh, not to knock anything you know but that's just kind of what i've learned in my own path mm -hmm. my own studies um so just connecting back to what you feel is your divine birthright and that it's different for each person Mm -hmm. yeah and just kind of staying in that moment and yeah pulling that divine energy and so what are some of the practices well you talked about journaling but are there other practices that help you to connect with that inner knowing about what's right for you and that and that you share possibly with your clients to help them to connect with their inner guidance about their divine birthright Yes. So um, I'm really big on um, letting go of fear. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that 90% of uh, labor and birth is mental. Mm -hmm. And if you can kind of get all that clouded, fear-based, you know, information that we've been fed throughout a lifetime, you know, if we can kind of clear that space, and, you know, you clear it in whichever way works for you. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm really big on clearing that. Um, I, I also, you know, uh, recommend music. Music is really healing for me. Mm -hmm. um, music and dance. Mm -hmm. um, just writing those affirmations again. Um, I have a really deep connection with the moon. And so, you know, all my clients are not, you know, they're not really in tune with that. But um, if they are, and some of them are, then I remind them to connect back with that, that moon energy, that, that feminine energy, um, you know, with the different phases of the moon. Mm -hmm. 
cast your intentions and um, get rid of those fears during those times. Um, oh, I see. So that so the music, the dance, the connecting with the moon, these are all ways in, in the way that you're describing it of clearing the the mental space of fear and worry and all those things that might get us all bound up in a, in a, and into a state of being that is not conducive to a free-flowing birth an easy yes. healthy birth because when we're up in our when we're really thinking about things and overthinking things and trying to do things by thinking right i mean you said yeah birth is 90% in the head, but it's not really happening there. That's not really where it's happening. The problems that get in the way of birth happen if we're wrapped up in how we're thinking about things and yes. not, not in touch with what's actually going on in the body. And so, yeah. so what I'm hearing from what you described, these methods, uh, the music, the dancing, the getting in touch with the moon, these are ways of getting in touch with our body and our senses, which it yes. doesn't necessarily make the mind be quiet. It just shifts the attention to yes. where the action is actually happening, which is in yes. the body. And when we yes. pay attention to that, then that's way more interesting for, than the loop of the same fear over and over again in the head, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> so if we really feel the body, it's like, whoa, okay. And that allows a new set of neurochemicals to to flow and, and that chatter, chitter, chatter, but what about this? But what about that? Just sort of fades into the background as we get into the experiences. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah, you explained it a little bit more clearer than myself. Um, so my whole thing behind it is, yes, clearing those fears out of the way, you know, in your, in your mental. Yes. Pre, uh, pre-labor. Mm -hmm. So kind of getting rid of those fears so that you can be focused on the moment, yeah, you know, yeah. once labor and birth is there with you. Right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yes, if your mind is clear of those fears and worries, you're good to go. <laughs> and, and I just wanted to point out that that can, if you just focus on getting rid of the worries in the mind, it's often very difficult to do because you're trying to use the mind, which is the very thing that's creating the <laughs> worries and the fears to mm -hmm. get rid of them. But then it just has more coming on the tail end and it's this endless loop. Whereas yeah. what you were actually describing is in order to clear the mind, you actually go into feeling the moment. So I would even say that stop paying attention to the mind. You don't have to clear it first. Uh -huh. Just stop paying attention to it. Pay attention to the body. Uh -huh. And the mind naturally loses, we lose our interest in the chitter chatter. Right. Yeah. And so, so I've, I've been working with this kind of stuff for a lot of many years and what i find that 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 languaging of clear your mind and then everything will be okay is very frustrating especially for beginners because that's not as easy as it is to say right it's yeah. easier said than done and but the practices that you're sharing are absolutely wonderful ways because that's what works right you get into your body and so yeah. uh, you just your body it. knows what to do. Yes. Your body knows what to do, and if we pay attention to that, then the mind is like, "Oh yeah, that's not very important anymore." 
all those worries. Oh, well, good. So they don't even. Yes. <laughs> they don't even what? They don't even exist. Uh -huh. The worries. Yeah. Although uh, in the in the birthing from within um, methodology that I learned for for birth preparation, now I don't have as much experience with birth as you do, but this mm -hmm. bit about worry and fear and doubt um, has mm -hmm. been very influential for me in my overall life and my approach life because i was one of those people that i would hear these spiritual ideas of you know it's either fear or love get rid of fear and you'll have love and i'd be like okay i'm i'm going to try my darndest to get rid of fear but more fear would always come right and what i'm learning is yes. i'm just going to focus on love let the fear be there and just have it be a reminder for me to focus on love right well in the birthing from within we yes. talk about that fear is an opposite pillar like we would use these <laughs> toilet paper rolls four toilet paper rolls and a plate and we'd put fear on one toilet paper roll and like the empty to no more toilet paper on it just the inner um yeah. tube right uh we'd write fear on yeah. one of them and then we'd write courage on another and we'd write Mm -hmm. doubt, we'd write doubt on one of them and we'd write determination on another and we'd put the four put toilet paper rolls and a plate on top and if you pulled the fear mm -hmm. out the whole thing would fall over if you pulled the doubt out ah. the whole thing would fall over so it made mm -hmm. me aware of okay it's not necessarily about getting rid of the fear and only having mm -hmm. the courage left because you can't have courage without fear. Mm -hmm. If you have no Makes fear, sense. you have no courage. And so then it, like, yes. oh, it eliminated this like fear of being fearful, you know? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Makes what? sense. Yes. It, you know, it's perfectly mm -hmm. natural to be fearful. Right. And mm -hmm. so, and especially when we're coming up in birth to this gateway between life and life and death life and spirit right spirit and life and material form and and death is right in there too for especially for a lot of women oh. it's it's one of the biggest fears that either they or their baby won't survive the process right and so it's very natural to to have fears about that and those fears inspire great courage and are a they're a source and inextricable from having great courage. So when we when we see that connection, then we can when we're trembling with fear, we can notice. Oh my goodness, this is my opportunity to grow courage. Mm -hmm. So that I like that. That's what I would share in my birth preparation courses with my people. The same mm -hmm. is true for doubt. I don't know if I can do this. Well, we can't have determination if we don't have doubt. True. I'm determined to do this, even though I have big doubts about whether it's even possible. That's mm -hmm. how we get great determination. So when I'm feeling in the thickness of doubt, that's what I try to, uh, to endeavor is to say, oh, this is 
I'm going to grow some determination. I'm going to grow enough determination to overcome this doubt. And so then it's, it's, um, it's no longer something that I have to try to get rid of from my mind <laughs> because it's a natural response to things, right? It's always, yeah. gonna, it's always going to respond in that way, especially for folks like myself who grew up with traumatic upbringings. Mm-hmm. Whose survival was really, uh, who didn't, you know, I, I had circumstances in my life where I, I didn't, it was very scary as children to have parents who are fighting, who are being physically violent with each other, who, you know, who aren't taking care of your basic needs, things like that. That's very traumatic. We have this sense that maybe we're not going to even survive our childhood because our caretakers aren't doing so great, you know, and there's many people out there that have that um, childhood story. And so it's very natural to have a heightened sense of, okay, are my caretakers, my doctors, my nurses, the hospital, my doula, my, are they really going to take care of me or not? I don't know. Am I going to be able to take care of myself? And so (laughs) part of, part of the preparation for birth can be facing and um, addressing some of those fears that were instilled in us in childhood or even during our birth or our when our mother was pregnant with us or even back generations. So mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that you have been looking into your ancestry and I yes. wondered what you meant by that. Have you been just looking into your immediate ancestry, like your the story of your early childhood, your conception, pregnancy and birth with your mother and the things that she was experiencing and how they influence you or possibly even farther back than that? Or are you talking about even farther back, like ancient ancestry or both? Yes. All of the above. All of the above. Of I'd the love above. to hear about what yes. you've discovered. Please share. Ah, so what I've discovered is that there has been lots of secrets um there's yes. a lot shared yes uh-huh um so yes i am i i am um processing my own birth story with my mother uh-huh. um, my mother has shared what she's gotten from her mother like what she's learned from you know her own birth stories from her mother and you know just kind of <laughs> at this point it kind of ends at that point just like almost to my grandmother um, but like I said, also doing that, uh, soul searching, mm-hmm. um, connecting through like the dream realm, <laughs> uh, for me. And like I said, writing is healing. And just through my writing, I'm able to kind of unlock my own story. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense to you or maybe the mm-hmm. audience, mm-hmm. um, but it does for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I, I feel like I'm pulling that, that ancient wisdom, mm-hmm. um, just kind of out of the ethers, mm. you know, and, and it comes to me through dreams. Um, my ancestors come to me through dreams. Mm. You're not necessarily um, speaking about my birth experience or, you know, past birth experiences, but just making that connection mm-hmm. has gone a long way for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so do you have an intentional dreaming practice? Like, do you do any preparation before you go to sleep at night in order to connect more through your dreams with the ancestral and spirit realms? Um, yeah, just basically um, listening to a lot of healing tones. 
um, like 400 and, or 520 hertz. Oh. Um, yes. Um, so like a lot of like heart healing um, meditation, mm. uh, so things like that. Um, mm. Also kind of like self-guided meditation mm. kind of takes me into a deeper level of sleep. Mm. Um, that helps me. It, it just helps me fall into that REM sleep. Mm. I'm, I'm able to just kind of connect there. And I notice certain times of the month, um, it's stronger. The energy is a little bit stronger for me. Um, so yeah, basically, um, those meditative things really help for me. The writing, okay. the music. Great. And so you listen to these um, tones, these heart-centered they tend to be heart-centered. That frequency tends to be heart-centered. And yeah. then you do self-guided meditation. So does that mean that you're repeating some sort of guidance for yourself inside your own imagination to help you? What, what are you imagining? How do you do that? Sometimes, I mean, I do self-guided meditations, but oftentimes I'll record it verbally like a guided meditation for myself but then other times i know that there's just certain images i can imagine or certain body positions uh, <laughs> or body energies that i can imagine working with and being with bringing my awareness to so i'm curious what your self-guided meditations are like so it usually involves um kind of repeating my affirmations mm -hmm. i kind of uh, set new intentions like maybe every month or so um, and just like repeating those. Oh, I see. Yes. So, so around, so do you do that around the new moon? I do that around the new moon and I also do it around the full moon. I don't oh. have a, yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Both. And then, and so then you have those in your awareness and each night before you go to sleep, you repeat those affirmations and then, and then that informs or brings you into good REM sleep, good dreaming sleep, which then your ancestral ancestral energies can come in and and give you more information. And then, do you have a practice of immediately writing down your dreams when you first wake up in the morning, or, or how do you do that? Yep, writing them down. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, because I tend to lose it if I don't throughout mm -hmm. the day. You know, I'll kind of like try to recall. If I don't write it down immediately, I lose it. Uh huh. So, yes. And then I imagine, I imagine you writing your dreams down, then it inspires more writing and journaling. Oh, that's interesting. What's that about? And, and then you get, carry on that way. Absolutely. Oh, beautiful. Well, such practical, um, uh, wonderful skills. I imagine, do you share about this dreaming practice for your clients, your doula clients? <laughs> Not particularly. No, I don't. Um, but I do, um, you know, I kind of put it out there. Like I, sometimes it's not everyone's thing. Um, you know, sometimes I do share, you know, things that I do to help me relax. And they, they will pull from them. I don't really give them specifics because I want them to kind of zone in what work, with what works for them. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I throw ideas out. I see. Yes. All right. Beautiful. So you have a whole toolbox that you make available that people can develop for themselves, but Absolutely. then they also may have their own things that they've already developed. Uh, yes. As women, we, we worked out a few things to get to the, the point of having a baby, hopefully. Yes. So, beautiful. So, oh, such a joy to talk with you. Um, you. So you have a website, right, which is 
um, divinebirthright.com. Yes. So is that the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your work? That's absolutely correct. Yes, it is. Um, I I have a phone number. I don't necessarily list it on my website. Um, But yeah, if you um, click on my website, um, there'll be an email link and um, that's the best way to contact me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And learn more about because you spell out a bunch of things on the website. My goodness, our time is up and we didn't even really talk about placenta encapsulation, but we got into the whole fear, doubt, courage, determination thing, which, and and the clearing our mind by getting into our bodies. Very beautiful thing. So my, my dream and vision and intention for this call is that everyone can receive that, those morsels of wisdom for not just their birthing experience, but for our whole lives, that yes. that it is perfectly understandable that we would have fears, worries, and and doubts about our capacity, especially this day and age when everything can be quite stressful. Oh, yeah. and, and that if we get into our dreams, we get into our body, we get into our ancestral uh, connections, uh, we can find resources of courage and determination to move forward and and respond to each moment in the moment absolutely and there we go and we don't have to stay trapped in that hamster wheel of the mental stuff because we have this whole rest of our body and the whole rest of our awareness and consciousness to to get involved with that is that has often the tools that are missing and the resources missing um, yeah, in, in those circumstances. So thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom with us. And um, yes, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, Sama Morningstar, I'm the founder of the Womb Centered Healing Temple, and which is the, and also this podcast, the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. You can go to wombcenteredhealing.com right now. Um, we're, we're taking signups for the next online summit that the temple is putting on. It's called the Embodied Shakti Summit. So you're welcome to sign up for the summit there. That's happening April 5th through 19th, where we'll be, I'll be talking with lots of different practitioners, womb-centered healing practitioners about the embodied Shakti concept. So learn more by coming to the website at, um, Actually, yeah, wombcenteredhealing.com will take you there. All right, take care. That's all for now. Until next time.